This one passage of Scripture keeps running through my head this morning. And I'm just going to kind of quote it from memory, so if I mess it up, y'all have to go see the real version. But uh, it's over in, I believe, 1 John, maybe chapter 3. Anyway, it says, What manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we could be called the children of God? Hallelujah! Y'all, if that don't make you kind of get a little bit of a spark, your wood is wet. Y'all need to get it dried out. And find the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, the, the love He has bestowed upon us. These wretched, filthy souls that we could be called the children of God. Mm. Praise the Lord. What a mighty, mighty God we serve. Well, y'all, uh, I hadn't been here in two weeks. Uh, I've been able to speak the past two weeks, but, uh, you know, that's within the confines of certain restrictions. So I hope y'all don't have, like, lunch on hold or something. Uh, it might be a little bit. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, man, uh, I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done. Uh, just to give you a little testimony. We, uh, last weekend, uh, in case y'all don't know where I was at, there's there's this uh, thing for teenagers called Vida Nueva, which is Spanish for new life. And if any of y'all speak Spanish and know that ain't the right translation, I'm sorry, that's what they tell me. I don't know. So uh, it, you spend three days out there. Uh, it's teenagers, and one weekend's girls, one weekend's boys. And, uh, man, I just had an awesome time uh, serving my king, doing whatever it is he wanted me to do, being able to minister to these teenagers and uh last weekend we had four boys get saved and uh y'all there just ain't nothing better i I don't know i don't know about y'all but there ain't nothing better than to be there and witness for but young boys recognize that they are not where they need to be and they need a savior we should not i don't care how long you've been saved do not neglect that great salvation that we have in christ jesus Man, do not forget where you came from. Y'all, I came from the pits. I mean, my life has been forever changed. Do you understand what I'm saying today, church? So, uh, man, let's rejoice in that, y'all. And uh got a message at Bible study the other night as we were kind of talking about some of this from one of the boys that got saved and he had the opportunity Friday morning to give his testimony to uh, a bunch of other teenagers. So, Man, it, that's awesome to see that God is taking somebody so so simple that just says, I, I want Jesus. And then turning around and putting them to work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to, to put them into action, to see, see God being able to use somebody that don't even know up from down hardly when it comes to the doctrine, but He knows Jesus. And He's able to get up in front of other peers and, and share what God has done in His life. It's amazing. Mm, so praise God. I know y'all, uh, hopefully, anyway, y'all missed me. and uh, <laughs> But I just want you to know I wasn't out just partying and hanging out. Uh, uh, we, were, we were doing the work of the kingdom. So praise the Lord for that opportunity. All right, so uh, this morning, mm, y'all don't even know how to preach right now. I'm just, oh, God's moving right now. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer before we do anything else. Lord, uh, 
God, we just come before Your mighty throne of grace. Father, You are great. You are so great and You're greatly to be praised, Lord. We just bow before You right now, God, humbly knowing that we're, we are nothing without You. I thank You, God, for Your mighty presence is here. I thank You for Your anointing. And Lord, I just ask right now that You would just come sit in this place, Lord. Just dwell here with us right now. Honor us, Lord, with Your presence. Thank You for this awesome privilege that we have to be called Your children, to serve in Your kingdom. Lord, I don't know why in the world You choose to use us, but thank You. (laughs) So Lord, right now I just surrender to You. Lord, if there's anything wrong in me, I ask that You just wipe me clean right now. Sanctify me, Lord, for Your use. Lord, I ask that Your anointing would be upon me that I might be able to speak and say only the things You'd have me to. That through everything that's done today, Your name would be lifted high. Oh, Lord, we know when the name of Jesus is lifted up, He draws all men to Him, Lord. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. And so, Lord, I ask that You just let Jesus be glorified today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Genesis. Uh, I've got a bunch of Scripture to read, and and there's a very good reason why. Uh, I'm going to preach all through it, so uh, y'all just kind of have to hold your place as we move along, you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, and I'm sorry if I keep saying you know what I'm saying. I'm stuck on that for some reason right now. i got to get that out of my head. Uh, but Genesis chapter 17 verse 19 is the first passage we're going to read. Um, so, y'all know the story of Abram or Abraham. Uh, how, how he is even uh, talked about over in the book of Hebrews of being kind of the, the uh, father of faith, so to speak. He, he's the... He's kind of a, a, a super example of faith to us. So uh, what we're going to talk about today, and um, you know, my titles are always kind of weird, but anyway, the title today, if I were going to put one on this, would be Promise versus Command. Okay? So we're going to start in chapter 17, verse 19. It says, Then God said, No, Sarah, or no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And here is a part I want you to just kind of think on for a moment, then hang on to this as we get into the message. It's going to be important. God says to him, he says, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Now, what is that? All of that wrapped up together right there, what would you call that? That is a promise, right? Before there is any evidence of what God is going to do, God states a promise and says, here's what I'm going to do. Now, have y'all ever had God speak into your life a promise like that? Man, I have. And there's some of them I hadn't seen yet. Okay? And at at the end of Hebrews there, it even says that all of these had faith and some of them did not receive the inheritance of their promise until after they had already departed. That's in Kevin's words, so go look it up. 
But they didn't even in this life see the answer to the promise, but that does not make the promise any less. Praise the Lord. His word is true. His word is good, y'all. All right, now, bounce over to Genesis chapter 22. And here's where we got some uh, reading to do. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to go through 19. And I'll probably be breaking it up in the middle, so hang on. Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, Now, I want y'all to remember back to that passage we read. God said, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Isaac. Y'all, that is important to note because of where we're going. I want you to hang on to that. God didn't just say, you're going to have a son someday. He said, there's going to be this specific son that you're going to have. You're going to name him Isaac. He is the promise. Alright? And so, here God is saying... Take your son, not just any old son, because he's got another one. He said, take your son Isaac, the one I promised you. I want you to take him. All right? He said, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And this is where Kevin would run off the rails. You want me to do what? How, how much discussion would you have with God right then? I mean, I, I couldn't just take that for what it is. I mean, come on, God. I, surely I have misunderstood because this is my promise that you have given me. You have made a promise and then you delivered. And, and you told me something, God. Now let's go back for a moment if you will hang on to what I said earlier. It said, God told him, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. This is the child of promise. It's not just the promise of the child. It's the promise of what comes with the child. Y'all hear me this morning, church. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And here is where we see the faith of Abraham, y'all. And if you ain't careful, you'll blow right past it and miss it. He said, The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. Hmm? We will come back to you. Now how in the world can Abraham say such a thing? We'll get to that. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire 
and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I was just getting a little nervous. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And y'all, that's a statement about what's currently going on in Abraham's life, but it's a lot deeper than that. God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. God did, he didn't say God will provide for us. God will provide for me. God will provide for you. He said God will provide for himself a lamb. We'll get to that in a minute too. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar up on the wood. Uh, God must have been involved in that too because uh, I don't know if I'd be able to tie Caleb up, put him on the altar. Uh, at some point, he's going to kind of get, get privy to what's going on and, and might start squirming a little, you know what I'm saying? Right? I said it again, didn't I? Mm, okay. <clears throat> And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. You notice it says ram, it does not say lamb. What did Abraham say? God will provide for himself the lamb. That ain't a lamb. So Abraham was not talking about this sacrifice right here. He's talking about something else. Okay? So Abraham took the ram, offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, uh, I believe in the old King James uh, Version, it says Jehovah Jireh. In the new King James, it says the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son, blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's another one. If you want to highlight it, man, you need to highlight it. You want to underline it, that's a good place to underline something. Because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All right. Now, let's dig in for a moment. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. 
Y'all, we serve an awesome God. I don't know if I have said that enough today, but we really need to see what is going on here in Abraham's life because it is a testament to us even today in 2019. Abraham believed the promise of God, but here's the thing. He did not allow the promise of God to override being obedient to God. Amen. This is really where I want to focus today, and there's there's so much meat here, but here's the statement you need to hear. Don't let the promise supersede the command. You hear me? And that don't sound right. It, it just it, it doesn't sound right. If God's made a promise, then that's what I ought to hang on to. Well, you know what? You can hang on to a promise and still trust God and obey Him too. Man, sometimes we will have a promise from God or maybe we're even hanging on to what His Word says as a promise and, and he, he begins to direct us. He begins to send us where we need to go and, and follow after Him is what we should do. But we hang on to that promise and we sit there and do nothing. In the meantime, God's telling us, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah, God, but you promised this. And here's the thing, y'all. We don't understand everything God does. I don't know if y'all have ever come to that realization in your life, but uh, His ways are a little higher than ours. He's got knowledge of things we, we can't even begin to fathom, and that's just for the stuff that's in our life. He, he knows what's coming tomorrow. He knows what's going to be there. And so when, when He tells Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take that promise I gave you, and that's just part of it. That's just the beginning of the promise. I don't want you to take it and kill it. It don't make any sense to us. But Abraham said, you know what? And this is, this is what Hebrews is saying. He said, uh, I shouldn't have this son anyway, according to man. He said, he said uh, God is able to raise him from the dead, and that's where I got him from. My wife couldn't have kids. That's, in a figurative sense, dead. Right? There's death there. There's no life there. God had to put life in her to, for her to be able to bear this promise. And so Abraham simply says, you know what? God brought it to life the first time. If He's able to do that, make something out of nothing, bring life where nothingness was, and then He's able to raise him back again. You see, here's the thing. Obedience should never counteract a promise either. A promise of God goes beyond and above anything we can see right now, y'all. The promise of God may be 50 years from now. Right now, He just needs you to be obedient. Right now, you may think, I've got everything God's going to give me, but I'm trying to tell you something. His promise excels that. It goes way beyond that. It's abundant. It pours out toward you. And we have to just for a moment say, I trust God. I don't know why I'm here in the midst of what I'm in, but I know His Word is true, and I'm going to stand with Him. And I'm going to obey Him. Oh my goodness. We don't always understand everything He's doing. Most of the time, I don't understand what He's doing. We just have to trust Him. Abraham decided that... uh, God gave me this son. God gave me this promise. Uh, 
Isn't it kind of God's to do with what He wants to? Huh? I want you to just kind of marinate in that for a minute. What's God giving you? Man, we try to hold on to some stuff like it's ours. And God gave it to us. Now y'all, uh, I serve a sovereign God. What does that mean? It means He's Lord over all. There is, there's nothing you can say, well, God, you're Lord over this, but not over this over here. No, He, he is completely sovereign. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. And y'all, He's a good God. And when He makes a promise to us, even though the obedience He is requiring in this moment might seem to us to counteract His Word or contradict His Word is probably a better way to say that. We've got to trust that He knows what He's doing and He's bringing us somewhere. Now, I am not here today to tell you. I want to be sure y'all are not assuming what I'm saying is this. I am not here to tell you today that God's going to tell you to do something that is contrary to His Word. Alright? Let's make that clear. His Word is true. God's not a liar. God's not slack concerning His promises either though. (laughs) You know? So when we are tested and tried, sometimes we think, man, God's kind of leading me astray here. No, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus and trust Him. Keep your eyes on the cross and trust Him. He is your Savior. He is the one that is able to save to the uttermost, the Word says. So do not let this promise that you have supersede being obedient to Him right now. We have a... Told you we were going to talk about this lamb thing. Well, we all know, and I'm I'm just going to assume for a moment you don't, okay? John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Come on, man. Behold the Lamb of God. Abraham said he's going to provide himself a lamb. Y'all, he looked to this mountain that he was going to and he already had a vision of God providing something greater than what he was seeing in his circumstance. He saw a salvation on the horizon. He was looking into the future, and so to speak, and saying, I trust my God to know that whatever I'm going through right now is not the end of it. Hmm? Come on. Come on, church. It's not the end of it. My God goes beyond the end of what I can see. Praise the Lord. John, John the Baptist looked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. John said, I know that's a man, but I see, but there's something more there. That ain't just a man. That's the one in Revelations that says that, that the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. You see what I'm saying? Abraham was just a blip on the map. That day that he had to take his son on that hill was just a blip on the map. You see, this thing was a done deal from the beginning. When God said, I'm going to do this crazy thing and I'm going to make these humans that are going to have their own free will, you're going to have to die for them, Jesus. And He said, I'll do it. It's already done. You understand that? Oh, we serve a good God. Oh, His love goes beyond 
what we can see and understand. We get so wrapped up in the midst of our circumstances, y'all. Oh, we get so wrapped up in it. And we think, oh, He don't even love me. God's not even here with me. We, we, we start to pray to Him and we say, Lord, do you even know what I'm going through? Of course He knows. Some people might hear that and ask the question, then, then why do I have to go through this? I'm here to tell you today, church, His promise goes beyond what you can see right now, so just trust Him and be obedient. You may not even see it in this life, man. That's hard to accept. That's hard to deal with. But I'm here to tell you this. Those saints in Hebrews chapter 11, it says some of them were able to subdue kingdoms. Some of them were able to do all kinds of this. They survived being burned. All these things that they did, trusting in the Lord, not receiving. Not receiving the promise in this life. David, though, David said, and we need to get this right. Let's not miss it. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He didn't say he received all of it, but he believed to receive it. Y'all, I would just flat out give up sometimes if I didn't have the promise of God. So the promise of God is important. But I'm here to tell you sometimes I just got to be obedient. I just got to trust Him and say, Lord, I ain't going to just sit here and wait on the promise. I'm going to serve you while I'm here. While I'm doing whatever I'm doing, you tell me what I need to do and we'll wait on that promise. We'll wait on it. I trust you. I know you're able to fulfill it. I know you're able to bring it to pass. And right now I don't see it, but I'm going to serve you. Man, I got some promises I'm waiting on y'all. I hope I get to see them. I hope I do. And I ain't talking about those little weird promises that you kind of almost made to yourself. I'm talking about when the hand of God reaches into your life and tells you something. and says, this is going to happen. Just like He did with Abraham. God visited him and said, you're going to have a son. His name will be called Isaac. That is where your seed is going to be. And let's just expand that a little bit. That's also where I'm bringing the lamb from. It's going to bless every nation. He didn't just say the Hebrews, the Israelites. No, every nation. Today, I'm able to stand here in front of you today a redeemed and forgiven man because I serve a mighty God that has extended this covenant that was made with Abraham into my life. The Lamb of God, the promise of the Father comes through the promise to Abraham, the promise of Isaac. Y'all, we serve an awesome God. He sees beyond anything we can comprehend. He saw behind anything Abraham could comprehend. And His promise was still good. Praise the Lord.